0: Hi, my name is Ian Alexander-Tash, and you're listening to Course Consideration, brought to you by The Runner. CSUB has a lot of different degrees, and even more classes, but most of us don't know what's being taught on our campus, and we might be really missing out on some of that. So that's why I decided to interview some professors to hopefully see what sort of interesting, odd things that our campus thinks might be cool to learn. I hope you enjoy the interview. Could you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about who you are?
1: Of course. Uh, my name is Sanam Sanar. I'm a faculty member in the philosophy and religious studies department. Um, I've been here for quite a long time. I came to CSUB in 2006 and I teach many courses. I teach both introductory courses, introduction to philosophy, critical thinking, but um, my main area of interest is 19th and 20th century continental philosophy. So I teach courses in like modernity and its critics, Marxism, existentialism, political philosophy. But the course that we're about to talk about is philosophy for children. And that's a course that I've been teaching since now 2006, 16. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That is the course we're talking about. Although I'm, I personally am interested in all the stuff you mentioned before that as well, oh. but uh, for, for the sake of this interview, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll focus in on philosophy for children because that's something that seems sort of not something people I think think about a lot They when they think of philosophy that you can teach it to a child. So for this class, uh, CAFS 2620, um, what, how would you describe that to someone?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things right before I start talking about the class itself. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a CAFS course, right? Child Adolescent Mm -hmm. Family Studies course. But uh, it has been cross listed with CAFS only for the last two or three years. Maybe it started out. Yeah, it started out as a philosophy department course. And actually it's interesting because it's, I think, unique in the sense that it was my students who really wanted this course. Uh, a a professor came and gave a talk on philosophy for children for our annual undergraduate uh, philosophy conference. And my students were like, what philosophy for children, you know, what is this thing? (laughs) So they wanted to do an independent study and we ended up doing an independent study and they loved it. And two of my students said, hey, you know, we learned about all this, like, can't we try it out? (laughs) we go and do philosophy with children somewhere and this is somehow and then you know all departments are trying to do service learning courses experiential learning courses and we thought in philosophy oh this is a perfect uh area in which we could give our students uh an opportunity right for community engagement and service learning so we established this course philosophy for children um the upper level course i'll hopefully talk about that a little bit later um But then we noticed, hey, you know, this is not only for philosophy majors, this is, this would be really helpful for any major who would be, you know, interested in working with children or doing social work or counseling, you know, so that's how this course came about and got cross listed with CAFs and thanks to Dr. Elaine Correa, who is the chair of the CAFs department actually, who really uh, helped us with that. But you're right like philosophy for children right like why should adults <laughs> study philosophy for children and what do you know csub students do in a philosophy for children course i think those are very legitimate questions um this is not really about teaching uh children philosophy it's more about facilitating philosophical conversations with children uh i don't know if that makes sense to you
0: so so more in like a not that you're teaching them, hey, this is uh, this is what Karl Marx had to say about this. It's more like getting them to sort of think and ask questions and respond to prompting, maybe.
1: Exactly. So right? instead oh. of instead of giving them, let's say, you know, Karl Marx, Immanuel Kant's their like essays and which would be impossible, mm-hmm. right? Right, uh, right? We would we would uh, actually uh, talk about, let's say, work. You know, what is work? What counts as work? Um, do we always uh, require or need compensation for our work? Is only work that's compensated count as work? <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I mean, children are really interested in raising these kinds of questions. And I think that's where I wanted to start actually this, this question to answer this question. Like philosophy for children exists because some of these philosophers uh, coming from the American pragmatist uh, tradition, they thought Um, you know, philosophy begins in wonder and children have this wonder towards the world and they ask questions of the world and they want to, you know, communicate their answers and, and, you know, have dialogues about them. But a lot of times we adults, we're like, oh, you know, you know what do you understand from this <laughs> or you know questions uh, children ask why you know why why and we're like ah oh, because i said so <laughs> okay like very typical right adult yeah. attitudes and the idea is that no actually there's something really refreshing uh about this questioning that children bring to the table and it's kind of sad that we adults forget about this (laughs) when we grow up, that we come to accept some of the things as they are, right? And not ask questions about them anymore. So uh, philosophy for children kind of capitulates on this natural wonder uh, that children have. Actually, they call them like natural philosophers. Some of these, uh, you know, philosophy for children, theoreticians, they say children are natural philosophers. Um, And you know, we, we let the children speak, uh, ask their questions, uh, share their intuitions. Uh, what I teach my students is to how to facilitate such a question, right? And for that, of course, they need to have an idea about what philosophy is and what philosophical methods are and how to facilitate a f- philosophical conversation. So that's what the curriculum brings to them.
0: Yeah, so that, that actually sounds like a really cool process of just that getting people to think about getting children to think and asking questions and answering those questions but so what does the workload for a student look like then like what, what what should they expect going into this course on that aspect
1: right right uh first of all something that's very important um the students who come into this class they do not need to know anything about philosophy. Um, so no like prior knowledge of philosophy is required or needed. Um, What's the work, workload like? Uh, they will learn about philosophy, right? They will learn about uh, the basic sub of philosophy like metaphysics, epistemology, ethics, political philosophy. Uh, and it's kind of cool because uh, a lot of my students uh, after they've gone through the course or even in the midst of it, they're like, oh my goodness, like when I was a kid, I asked these kinds of questions and I thought I was the weird one. (laughs) It turns out that, you know, other people also ask these questions and not only is it the case that other people ask these questions, but these questions have a discipline (laughs) dedicated to them. Um, So they they learn to kind of associate some of these questions with, uh, for example, if we're asking about you know, how to judge a work of art, this would be the subdiscipline that's called aesthetics, right? Or if we're talking about, you know, children's rights or something, that would be uh, the subdiscipline of, you know, political philosophy, etc. So they learn about the different subdisciplines of philosophy and some of the basic questions raised in them. Uh, But they learn it not through reading traditional philosophical texts, but through the P4C literature and P4C textbooks and uh, uh, P4C uh, pedagogy and methods, right? So we learn about uh, P4C methods. And while learning about them, we apply those methods to um, activities in class where we do philosophy together. So really, this is a very, I think, practice-based class. So that's the main part of the workload that they have to keep in mind the students who want to take the, they take this class it's all about like participation exercises we do in class the way we apply the skills we learn and uh, have conversations together so that when it's time to have these conversations with children we have a lot of practice right uh, that we can fall back on
0: mm. okay cool so a lot of a lot of practical application and a lot of right. actually sort of uh, I guess hands on is that is that a way of sort of looking at it or.
1: Right, right. So okay. let, let me give you an example. The the okay. culminating kind of assignment in the class is this P4C on campus event. We used to hold it in the Walter Wolterstein Library in that beautiful December room. Uh, since Covid, we're holding it on Zoom, unfortunately. but. What happens is uh, the whole fifth grade class of Ramon Garza Elementary School, they come. So we have like 150 fifth graders on campus and they come in and have philosophy conversations with my students. So they sit on the floor, they sit in circles and my students choose a picture book, um, plan a discussion plan, right? A lesson plan of sorts try it out in class in a mock session, get feedback from their peers and me, and then finally kind of put it into practice, right, in that event. And to prepare for that event, we have many such mini sessions in class. So they go back to their childhoods and choose a picture book that uh, was really, you know, influential for them and try to figure out what philosophical questions that picture book raises and, you know, give a little oral presentation in class. Um, so the, the, it's the kind of like a scaffolded assignment, right? Slowly, slowly, they get ex, you know exercise and practice in relating to philosophical ideas and uh, using them in their conversations. So at the culminating event, this is all put into practice. So exactly, it's a hands-on class. It's hands-on, hands-on every uh, step of the way.
0: Honestly, I I love just hearing about this class. I I think it's so fun and interesting to just think about just the kids coming to the CSCB library. Like you said, it's on Zoom now, but, and just dealing with all this thing. I I love that so much. Um, And so the the next question I wanna kind of transition into though, is that, um, you know, The class is being offered right now, although you are on sabbatical currently. That's right, right. Um, But how often is this class offered for students who are interested in taking it?
1: Uh, It's offered every fall. Um, But what we have is we offer the, the 2000 level course in the fall, which is kind of like a prerequisite for the P4C practicum, which we offer in the spring. And the P4C practicum is well, you know, it's a practical training class where students use the, the knowledge that they gained in the lower division class and actually design a whole eight week curriculum and go and work in classrooms. So we have a couple of classrooms that we have partnered with uh, in local elementary schools around here and they go and hold P4C sessions with a, you know, a real class uh it's it's a really rewarding experience it's it's you know it's a lot of work but i think especially for those students especially those that i've worked with right who said this to me it has been an invaluable experience because they get to work with real kids and uh, design lesson plans and get feedback both from you know their peers and from me Uh, it's and design the whole curriculum themselves right not just choosing one or two uh topics so it's 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 a
0: really cool class yeah it it sounds really cool and it's cool that it's like kind of it's got that year-long process to it too where you really get to be so in-depth about it uh so who would be encouraged to take a course like this then at at CSUB I
1: mean (laughs) I would encourage everyone to take it because most people want to become parents, and I think as a parent, the best thing you can do is to engage your kid in conversation, open dialogue, and not feel like you have to know the answer to a question to be able to continue that conversation, but rather that, you know, um, thinking together with your child is a valuable um, exercise in itself i mean i have to say the whole methodology of p4c is called a community of inquiry so the whole idea is to foster thinking together and figuring out uh, answers or you know preliminary answers together through dialogue right so um any parents <laughs> can take <laughs> this class but if if we're looking at you know um Vocation or profession-related uh, advice here. I would really um, recommend people who want to get into education uh, to take this class, and also uh, I had I've had some psychology majors take this class and love it because this dialogic I think back and forth is uh, very helpful in you know therapeutic sessions or in uh, counseling kind of sessions. Um, and you know, philosophy majors, uh, this is an excellent uh, opportunity to you know put philosophy into real-world practice, right? To see how it how it really affects thinking and how it works.
0: Definitely, yeah. I, uh, I it's definitely super important in that aspect for sure. For philosophy major, kind of see how it touches the lives of people. I admit that i'm a little biased as a religious studies major i wish we had uh, more <laughs> programs like this but um, and you can
1: you can take this class as a mm-hmm. you know uh, and kind of i don't know um explore some of the issues that are in religious studies you know like culture mm-hmm. uh, ideas of god uh, ideas of uh, you know redemption <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know so, okay. there are so many interesting concepts that come mm-hmm. from religious studies that you could Get into without you know pretending to teach children religion, which would be right. you know problematic perhaps, but but yeah. just mm-hmm. the, the conceptual content, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense uh, in that aspect. You know, f- philosophy is a lot is is a lot of different things at the end of the day. Um, a lot of different questions people can ask in that. Right. Um, but lost my train of thought for a second. Um, <laughs> So uh, I, I do have another question for you though here, which is, that is is there any warnings you might have for someone who's taking this class? Anything that they should keep in mind before they maybe sign up for it? Something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I have some recommendations uh, and, Yeah, predictions, (laughs) but I wouldn't call them warnings because I never saw my students to be disappointed about these recommendations. So I would say, you know, bring intellectual humility that, you know, open-mindedness and uh, uh, and openness for changing your mind and also bring with you um, the trust that children have a lot to offer. I mean, that this is so, this is probably one of the most fun parts of my class after their sessions with the children, my students are like, "Oh my goodness! Like these these kids, they're so smart <laughs> and they're so insightful." And I think uh, we as a society tend to um, underestimate, you know, kids' um, capacities and their their um, you know curiosity. Their their interest in being part of the conversation and what they can contribute to that conversation. And I think my, my students a lot of times love that, but so be, be prepared to have your, you know, mind blown off with, with the, <laughs> the, the, the interaction with the kids. And also, you, you know, be, be ready to, uh, to think open-mindedly and uh, perhaps more deeply about some of the issues.
0: We, de- we definitely, uh, that deep thinking one is a very important one, I think, for a lot of people, for sure. Because, yeah, I, I think that's a very healthy way to look at it. So it's good for people to keep this sort of stuff in mind. Um, but I do have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is the question I, I use to wrap up all of my interviews. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a two-parter. Uh, what has been your favorite moment and least favorite moment in teaching this course?
1: Okay, Um, favorite moment, moments are always my students in class presentations. So there are many opportunities for them to choose a text, a picture book, and then in groups, usually uh, devise a lesson plan and kind of put it into practice, put it into action in class, right? Um, I'm gonna give you one example, one year, uh, one group did the Dr. Zeus's Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure all you know, all of us know it. And their their focus was on epistemology, right? The question of how our experiences form our beliefs. And of course the idea is the narrator in, in Green Eggs and Ham, uh, he re- refuses to try uh, to, to decide whether to like or not like green exam ham, he's going to not like it. Uh, So uh, they designed a lesson plan. Uh, It was, I mean, the whole lesson plan was, I think, really uh, excellent. But towards the end, they brought in uh, different foods that they deemed yucky (laughs) and they brought it to class. So one was um, orange juice and Oreos. And one was peanut butter and jelly with Doritos what was the other one. It was some like spicy cheetah Cheetos or something maybe with cream cheese, mm-hmm, yeah. something like that. Oh. And they, yeah, I know exactly. i <laughs> like, Whoa, I don't want that. But they invited people to try them out. And the whole exercise was about, you know, how, uh, how we make up our mind about, you know whether we're gonna like something or not like something and then how eager are we to give it a try our, to change our mind and once we try it are like how open are we to a, a new experience and like what's the result of that experience so this was an amazing amazing um, exercise uh, and it's, it's beautiful because like it's like philosophy put into practice right put into action like we have a thought experiment but instead of a thought experiment we're kind of really doing the experiment with our taste buds there so that's uh, and i have many others like this they my students uh, never fail to amaze me with uh, the interesting ideas they come up with i really don't have like really bad experience in this class maybe you know it was kind of Unfortunate that we had to turn everything to Zoom, (laughs) (laughs) I guess. But even that had its own, I think, upsides. We could engage the children uh, in more creative ways with Zoom. They did Google Forms or Jamboards in their sessions with the children. So, like, there was something that actually the... the, um, the virtual environment added to the conversation rather than completely um, take away from it.
0: Thank you for joining us for Course Considerations brought to you by The Runner on the Air. What did you think about this class? Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. And of course, you can always read our publication on therunneronline.com. We hope to see you again soon.